Hello and welcome back to the Trucking Driver Podcast. It's been a while. Sorry, folks. Everybody's busy. Paul's in Australia. Chris is always out on the road. Um, and most of the time when Matt's available, I'm not, or vice versa. So, anyway, I'm delighted to be joined today by... Matt Island. Hey! Hey! It's like a polished performance there, isn't it? We're getting there. The last time I'd spoke to you, you had like a couple of abroad trips and gone, and you've got various things on the go driving for different people um doing yeah. training and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah. so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna kick off with asking you what you've been driving lately and what you've Fair been enough. up to yeah so last i spoke to you i think we'd just returned from kosovo if i remember yes. rightly yeah and i should have been today sat in bosnia uh, on another trip but unfortunately due to several things mostly customs related uh, it's not happened as yet whether i'll get to do it or not i don't know just gonna have to wait and see because i really want to get out there but i'm pretty booked up for the next sort of six weeks or so at least so i doubt it will get delayed quite that long but you never know so in the meantime this week i've been just doing local work in the renault uh, t range uh, last week i did a few days for mdf in great yarmouth just doing a bit of uh, tramping work which was quite quite nice and enjoyable actually did an out of an exhibition at the NEC, which was uh, kind of like going back to the old stomping ground a bit. And I was with a couple of younger lads, and they were getting a bit faffed off with the waiting about. And I just sort of kept saying, it's exhibition work. It's <laughs> you'll, mm-hmm. you'll no, be, you'd be used to that. Oh, yeah. The trans arm. yeah, you'll be waiting a while. You'll be waiting a while. And um, in the end, I was only, I think, only waiting four and a half hours before I went in and got loaded. So it wasn't too bad. And uh, the, the only downside was it was a bank holiday Friday, which although I got out of the Midlands and down to 14 quite nice, unfortunately, I think everybody decided to come to East Anglia for their holidays. So the route, uh-huh. the routes back to Yarmouth are the A11, which was stuffed, the A143, which is never a very good road, and that was terrible, which is the one I chose. Um, or you can perhaps even go way off and try and get around Norwich. But I just... Uh, just I just didn't have much of a choice. I went one four three, and it it didn't work out too bad. I got I didn't get home till half past nine or something like that. But there we go. That's that's one of mm. them things. So, but that was enjoyable. And I've also just started working for a new training company, uh, or new to me, I should say, uh, called Martin's Driver Training. Now they're based in Norwich, which is a damn sight closer to where I live. So the commute to work is much better and easier. And I was hoping to actually use my motorbike to go in, but the weather was pretty cold and pretty rubbish, so I haven't had a chance to do that. So um, really, yeah, Wait, the weather's been cold and rubbish. <laughs> yep, yeah. Even this, me... even this week, I actually today the sun came out. Uh, I went to Leicester today, and the sun actually came out because I put my trousers back on. I think because the last few days I've had my shorts on. It's not been particularly cold, but it's just been grey, mm. overcast, a little bit of rain, just pretty rubbish really and i've seen pictures on facebook uh like murray grant's been posting photos from scotland of it like blazing sunshine i'm thinking is, oh, he, is he actually oh, yes. in scotland or is... <laughs> like it, it's been, it has been unbelievable up here four days out of five this week recording this on um, friday afternoon yeah yeah monday tuesday wednesday all scorching yeah. um thursday it was a bit colder yesterday yeah i've been out um, determined, like I would, I would like shorts on and sleeveless t-shirts and vests all week, desperately trying to get my pale white arms and legs <laughs> tanned, and it's actually been working. I've actually noticed there's a substantial difference in colour from the knees down. Excellent. So I'm like, well, hey, it's taking like oh, 
But I was like, you know, I'm so deprived of hot weather and warmth and I can't tolerate the cold. So I've been out all the time. I've dragged the laptop out and sat in the garden <laughs> writing stuff up for the magazine. And um, I've been outside like cleaning cars and everything like that, trying to enjoy as much of it as I possibly can. I'm rather surprised to hear because somebody from work phone bench is like, it's nice. And I'm like, hell yeah. It's been beautiful a week. It's to be, I'm going to a car show tomorrow and it's supposed to be 21 degrees. Crikey. I'm like, this is, this is fantastic. Yeah, it's not so. Um, not been like that around East Anglia, unfortunately. So uh, um, it's just you know it's, it's Scotland and weather like this. If you're driving, uh, the week before, a couple of weeks ago, I had an Iveco Sway, another a five seventy. I had one of them last twenty twenty, uh, but this one had like air on the front and things. And there were a few really nice days on that. And Scotland, when it's like blazing sunshine, just looks incredible. You know, the air's that clear, the atmosphere you can see as far as it's possible to see and everyone's like pin sharp and focus and it's just amazing and it's like all the more special because it doesn't happen very often no. either <laughs> no. you know so it's kind of it's it's crazy how the long days just creep up so fast like yeah. all of a sudden now it's not dark until like you know after well, it's like after 10 o'clock at night here it's not even dark properly at like almost 11 o'clock at night up in the north it's yeah yeah I've, I've noticed it of getting up for the for the day work sort of around five o'clock it's already light um the other morning i got up at four and it was still it was just sort of dusky really it was um yeah it certainly wasn't pitch black and, and it's crazy to think that in about three weeks time we're gonna have the the summer solstice and the longest day and then I dread to say it, but we're going to start descending, <laughs> descending into the darkness. Yeah, well, I can't. This this yeah. year is just absolutely flown past, isn't it? Um, yeah, what really... it's been. It's always a grind through winter. I mean, Scotland it drags on, and it's like really, it can be really cold and miserable right through into you know June potentially. Potentially, so hopefully it'll be you know um, a decent, a decent summer. But you can never tell. You just get you know you just get what you get. The shows and events are coming thick and fast now. Yeah. Next weekend it is um, Ultimate Trucks at Whitchurch, um, a.k.a. Party on the Pitch, as it was known, uh, 10th and 11th of June. So there's that in the go as well. And there's something else on as well, isn't there, at Gaiden that weekend? Yeah, it's the CVRTC show, which I'll be going to for the weekend. So that's for the generally for the more mature audience, I think, <laughs> of a truck and driver. Because it's the, it's the show with a lot of the older stuff uh, and it's also mm-hmm. also got a huge model display as well, because yeah, the, yeah. the retro show doesn't really have has a very small model presence, but the 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 one in June always has like the the side hall is absolutely rammed full, and um, even you get quite a few European modelers coming over as well, which is nice to see. No, that that'll be really good. Um, yeah. It was Convoy Wales the other week as well. I couldn't make it to that one. I don't know if I'll be going to Convoy on the plane. I might do it. Depends. Where I am, really. I was just checking. When's Kensal Kelsal Steam Rally? That's twenty fourth and twenty fifth of June. So that's not far away either. No, that's my birthday um, weekend. That's the problem. That's the only sort of downside of Kelsal. Always clashes with my birthday. But I'm going to make a. I will make a an effort to get up there. Perhaps yeah. uh, perhaps next year because it'll be sort of my birthday. Will be away from the weekend no. at that point. So. No, I think I'll try and I think I'll try and get to Kelsal this year because I've been promising people that we're going to do this British truck special. Yes. Um, and I've kind of slowly been putting material together as well. And I've actually, I did get, a, I was going to use Stas trailers. They've got an ERF EC14. Right. Um, which has been converted to Olympic spec. And I was going to hold on to it for that, but I've actually just put it in the July issue, which I've put to bed today because I don't want to 
hold on to things for for too long. But the, yeah, the British thing, you know, we're, mm-hmm. it, we're def- we've got you. You've got something. You'd put something in for Ford Cargos on that, and something else. Yeah, well, good good Roger Hastings and um, Ed Lambert with uh, with his. Uh, they got two working ERF rigids still working daily. Um, I would need to go and speak to Ayers, Emmy Ayers of Norfolk as well, because they've still yes. got several. Ayers are, yeah, Ayers are one of the major ones. Yes. They turn up at Kelso yeah. with like a dozen ERFs and they're all still working. They were in, was it Bulk and Tipper or something? Did they do bulk work? Yeah, all bulk work, yeah. Yeah, I think they were in Bulk and Tipper, who I do freelance work for, because you get like those three magazines, the big thick magazines that don't go and sell in the newsagents. Yeah. Sort of, you know, business to business, there's heavy talk, which is heavy haulage on scene, yeah. which is recovery and bulking tipper. And I do bits and pieces freelance for them as well. Mm-hmm. I was actually at MJS Transport in Cheadle. I was there on Sunday yeah. seeing uh, Brandon Parry. We set that up with some powder tankers for that. Really impressive setup, like 50 trucks, immaculate yard. All the trucks are amazing yeah. as well. All really high spec Scania's. And that was a good one. But uh, yeah, the British thing, Airs. Was one. Who are the guys? You go down to a certain part of England, you get down towards the sort of M6, M1, where that joins. All of a sudden, you start seeing these kind of light green, plain light green Ford and Alpha tankers, and there's a load of them. Uh, Who's that? The eight wheeler ones. There's eight wheelers. There's Arctics, Arctics as well. Like, yes. there's, more, there's more eight wheelers than there are Arctics. Yeah, they're like kind of, a really drabby kind of, sort of light green, aren't they? Yeah, it's like palmolive soap green. Yeah. Okay. And there's no sign writing on them, and they've got. What, Unless I keep seeing the same couple of them, but there seems to be a lot. Yeah, I know, the, I know the ones you all, co- all concentrated in this little sort of area yeah. where, they, where they must shuttle back and forth doing stuff. I don't know, it looks like maybe there's, I don't know if it's like fridge tankers or something like that. I it don't looks know. Like, you know, there, there might be like water or something like that. that they yeah. But yeah, whole squad of Ford and Alpha is still going strong. Yeah, speaking uh, of... It's a, good, it's a good debate for that, for that issue because what is the greatest modern Brit, the Alpha, the EC... Mm. That would probably that would probably be a good debate, you know. It would, yeah. I've also been mm. speaking to Richard Mortar uh, from Norfolk. He's right. he's got a phone now for Wrecker that he still runs regularly. That started out life with uh, is it Balcast Balclass sawmills from Northern Ireland um, right. as a timber truck. So he bought that and convert, mm. converted it. Uh, I just need to go and photograph that. Um, he's also got an old. He's got an X four thousand XL as well. Uh, that I think he's just doing a bit too. It's not on the road at the moment, and he's got the obligatory mm-hmm. uh, former military. Six, it's either six for six. I think it's a six for six um, heavy recovery truck as well. There seems to be quite a few. Uh, Mike Newman round our way. He's got one. Spoolie DJ Spool. They've got one. Yeah. I've also spoke to them. They've got a fifty-one plate Alpha with a cat in it. That's really smart. I'll photograph that, and I've I've got the got the information for that. Although I don't know who owned it new. It's because it seems to be on a private plate, and it's come from Newton Abbott Way. Uh, that's is, about, that a, is that an Alpha One or Two? Because that's the changeover here. Uh, I think it's an Alpha One. Without looking, that would be a, that, that would be a C10 cat rather than a C12. I think. Yeah. I'm not sure if you could get the C12 and the Alpha One. I don't think so. I'd have to check back at what I've got as to what it is exactly. So. That's People, the guys, they like the the Alpha ones were consider, They were like considered one of the best ones because they had the Foden wiring looms in them. Right. They had the Foden style front axles, a better turning lock and eight wheelers, and they had the Foden drum brakes as well. Right. And the guys that ran them became increasingly less keen on 
the daft axles, the daft wiring, and the daft disc brakes <laughs> on them all. Right. Although, so to be fair, I've, I've spoken to a couple of people lately who are like, really, they've had to get rid of their alphas have gone, you know, they're too old. Yeah. Can't get, they're not attractive for people to drive them, you know, they don't have air conditioning and things like that. And yeah. It's getting, it is getting genuinely tricky to get Cat and Cummins bits in certain ways. Mm-hmm. You can get you can get them, but you probably might have to get them from America, you right. know, because yeah, Cat and Daff dealer networks have kind of exhausted stock of a lot of things. So unless you've got a pile of them sitting in a yard that you can strip at any time, some of the guys do. Yeah, it's really tricky. But I mean, they're, they're like sorely sort of missed in terms of reliability. But then again, they are what the Americans call pre-emissions. Yeah, you know, if you if you take AdBlue and EGR and all that stuff out of the equation, you've got a truck which is you know um, a, a lot less complexity about it. Yeah, definitely, so. definitely. And of course, Terry Seaman um, just up the road from me, he's got the last ever sort of true phone and built, and he's also got, I believe, other than the the very very last Alpha, he's got the two highest chassis number Alphas that came off the production line as well. He's still yeah. got them as well, hasn't he? He's, yeah. 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 So, although they're they're off the road, they're sort of off the road as such, but they are sort of they're MOT ready. You know, if they had to go out, he could get them MOT in a hurry and put the, put one on the road if he mm. had to. And and I'm sure he has still got one that's one of the old boys is still driving occasionally. So, which is a different mm. one, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. I haven't. I need to. I need to go and speak to Terry anyway. So uh, I'll have to find out. Yeah, there's a lot. To, there's a lot to be said for being able to run older stuff if you've got the, you know, the willingness and somebody who's willing to drive them. The, the ultra low emission zones are starting to creep in yeah. here and there. Though there's one just coming in Glasgow, and it's a complete joke because it's not even like the London one, which is snidey enough. Where if you're going in a car, you've got to pay like twelve pounds for the day. The Glasgow one doesn't even allow you to do that. So right. It's different the Edinburgh one to the Edinburgh one as well. Whereas it's a massive fine if you happen to go in there with a vehicle which is not compliant. And the compliance rules, are, yeah, with trucks, it's Euro 6, that's the threshold, yeah. which is nonsense anyway. And it creates issues for guys with wreckers and yeah. things which are hardly ever going to be in Glasgow, yeah. but they might need to go in occasionally, and they do very small mileages overall. Yeah. They've already paid their debt for carbon emissions because they've already been made, You know, because that's when like, most of the emissions come out. So it's just complete nonsense. What I discovered as well yesterday was, bizarrely, with this ultra-low emission zone, I was sitting out with a few mates last week having uh, a curry, and we were punching loads of different reg numbers into the ULES checkers. And my mate's 13-plate Mercedes Bluetech turbo diesel can't go into any emission zones. You know, And this thing's got stop-start and everything on it. My J-registration Cavalier 2-litre diplomat can. <laughs> So, so can my O2 plate Vectra and so can my O4 plate Saab 95. And there's loads and loads of newer cars that can't go in on this. Loads of tiny little engine things, one litre micros and stuff are all excluded for this. It's, it's nonsense. You know, Starmer's, there's no like alternative in their eyes. And Starmer's like, oh, I'm behind that. And he was like, he's been, been, like, been taking donations from some guy that supports Just Stop Oil. Right. It's, it's it's interesting to see people are becoming increasingly less tolerant of just stop oil. Yeah. You know, the yeah. last couple of times I've done like a public protest and all that, basically, you know, they're pretty much, you know, people haven't been nice to them or tolerant. They've basically dragged them right out of the way. And it's only it's only so long before one of them gets like a doing, like, and it'll be their own the stupid pro- fault. The problem is that this. they're targeting the wrong people because you're, 
Yeah. If they, they shouldn't be targeting anybody, but they're targeting the worst possible people, working people. Yeah, exactly. You know, go, 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 go! Stand outside yeah. Downing Street and and have a go at them. You know, but yeah. <sighs> Yeah, have a go at the, have a go at them. Don't turn up to like rugby events and concerts and all this kind of stuff and ruin it for everybody. A bunch of pretty much. Well, well, there was one. Was it? I can't remember which protest it was. But there was a lady from Berries and Edmonds went to London to hmm. to go on the protest, and I thought, well, that's fair enough. But how did you get there? Did you walk? Because if you didn't, then you've pretty much used some oil to get down there. Maybe it's just me. Hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, we, we need you know we need oil for like. Uh, Everything and you know, yeah. I'm not some sort of like environment, you know, c- catastrophe denier, as I've said like b- before. You need to be responsible with with things. But the answer of just stop oil is not. The, I mean, you need oil for all sorts of other things as well. You know, it's yeah. essential. And there's no viable alternative. Wind and solar are not alternatives to what it is that we want to do. So it's good to see that they're becoming deeply unpopular. And if anything, you know, it's having the opposite yeah. effect. On a less political note, <laughs> mm-hmm. but also speaking of shows, I don't know if this is going to get to the airwaves before this weekend, because I know, as you said, we're recording on a Friday, but... If Let's it, say it won't because it's Friday afternoon. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I think uh, I'm going to a, a friend organises a truck show every year, which is called Foxfest, which is held at Ipswich. So I'm off there. Oh, yeah. I'm off there tomorrow with my brother uh, and my girlfriend. Going to go and have a look around. The, the main day is Sunday. Uh, Saturday's more of a setup day, but it just, mm-hmm. my, my brother's working Sunday, so it just works out a bit better for us all to head down tomorrow and go and have a look around. So it's all for charity. You know, any profits go straight in the charity pot. I'm not sure which charity it is this year. And it, this is an evolution of what used to be Crowfield Truck Rally, which has been going for quite a few years now. Um, and he was one of the chaps who helped Rob Billman uh, and encouraged him to start Swedefest, mm-hmm. which is uh, oh, yeah. September, and it's already sold out, which is quite incredible. No, that's, that's good. There's a big, big appetite for shows you know it's good truck fest was the last one at peterborough was insane you know there was absolute thousands of trucks at that and there's shows and events on sort of every weekend of the year from now until you know the end of september pretty much right yeah pretty much yeah so it should be which is, which is good which is good going like you know yeah yeah so, too right should be a good summer really yes all being well i've actually got yeah my next cut my next Weeks are pretty busy. I'm off to Auto Mechanica uh, at Birmingham next week. Sort of like, not strictly for work, sort of a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Equipment there, you know. You need to, you need spanners and stuff to fix lorries. True. So, you know. True. So yeah, I'm going. I'm going down there on the Wednesday. Uh, back up on the Thursday. It's like free to get into that. So big, uh, big exhibition. All about the mechanic, um, sort of motor trade industry. So loads of stuff about, you know. Yeah. diagnostics and tools and a lot of manufacturers and yeah, things are there so yeah that should that should be pretty interesting and then obviously we've got um party on the pitch which i keep calling it that ultimate trucks which i might make it down to and then the following week i have got another lorry uh, ah. this is a, i've got a daf xg first time with an xg 530 tag no you're like that yeah, that should be pretty good. I'm hoping it doesn't have mirror cams on it because I just can't be bothered with them. <laughs> um, 
I don't know what the score is with it because it's not one of DAFs. Somehow, right. Dave Morgan from Keltruck, which is a Scania dealer, if you don't know, um, won it in a raffle for the week. Right. So he would then he said, you know, with him being like Scania, he said, Do you want it for a week? You can go and use it, and then you can have my 560 Scania super tag not long after it and compare them. I'm like, Oh, go on then. <laughs> Twist me up. Yeah, I can manage that. So. I'm actually running the daft down at Broughton's again, and I'm not doing the full week in it because it doesn't turn up at Broughton's until the Monday. So I'll go down on the Monday and chuck all my stuff um, into it, yeah, um, and then get out and do a few days in that because I had a good week that last time with um, uh, Broughton's. There, I was on with the Iveco. I was working for LM Transport, and um, I got some good mileage on that as well. Doing a lot of Kingspan stuff, you know. Yeah, five seventy is not anyway stressed on that. No, but uh, that. That wasn't um that wasn't a bad week either because obviously I'd done a lot of Kingspan in, in in the past. It's not a bad job. I was in at RAF Lossiemouth a couple of times, um, which was obviously like high security and there were like the fighter jets doing like top gun manoeuvres in the sky and oh, just pretty cool. Uh, that was yeah, well interesting. That good good bit of good bit of mileage, about two and a half thousand kilometres for the week. So That's not I've bad. only driven these yeah, I've only driven these DAF XG range doing a little demo play with them so yeah i'm interested to see how they how it sort of uh, performs it should be all right being like the 530 mm-hmm. uh, as mentioned before you know uh daf went and launched that um the cummins powered one in australia yeah 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 there's not yeah, a lot around of, that a lot of people super excited about it it's not coming here that truck is entry level euro six which is where we got at 10 years ago we're now at Euro 6 step E moving towards Euro 7. So it is, unfortunately, um, Australian market only. Right. We're not going to see it here. Um, the MX-15, you know, um, and it all comes back to that vector scoring thing where the truck manufacturers get charged a load of penalty points for however trucks they sell and big engine ones attract a greater uh, penalty. So it's not attractive for DAF to be able to sell yeah. a, couple of hundred of, a couple of hundred of them. Because the vector points it would attract could end up like wiping out, you know, sort of any profit that they would like make from bringing it over and type approving it and developing it. But right. um, the, the story goes that they've got a new 13 liter in, in the pipework, which is going to be much more powerful and torquey than the existing 530, which is getting towards the end. The MX 13 is getting towards the end of its service life. So, yeah. Uh, the, the, I we mentioned that in the podcast before, but interesting stuff on the agenda. Moving forward, like powertrain wise from DAF, uh, and so there's a lot of interesting 13 liters out there. That I Veco's a stormer. There's rumours that they're gonna gonna see some more power from that. The Scania Supers are pretty awesome um, as they start to filter filter in slowly. So mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to getting a hold of that 560 uh, a few weeks after the uh, XG as XG as well. That's 560S. Don't know if I'll run it at Broughton's or not. I might see if I can run it up in Scotland. We'll see. We've also got our Scania special issue hit the shelves about three weeks ago. Sales up 20%. So that was a big success doing the bigger issue with our good high quality paper on it as well. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really exciting to finally get good paper into the issue as well. So We've got a normal issue, then we've got an MAN special, and I was really surprised at the amount of um, response that we got for the MAN special. We've got loads of people putting really good trucks forward, 
and we're in the process of starting photo shoots out. We've got some done here, south of England, north of England, Scotland, Ireland, Southern Ireland, Wales, all really kind of high-spec, high-quality MANs. These are trucks which, um, you know, they've really kind of upped the game with that new generation one. Everybody that I speak to that's got one really seems to like it, and the operators like them as well. That 510 is a good pulling truck, and if you're lucky enough to get a 580 or a 640 with a 15.2, it's a beast. Yeah, brilliant. You dri- driven any of the newer MANs? I haven't driven an MAN since I used a few on, on bulk a couple of years ago, but the, the old TGX, but they're only... Poor. Well, the AS, the, the AS Tronics, anything prior to 2017 before they brought the tracks on, and I don't like them. I don't mainly due to the clonking AS Tronic auto box. Yeah. If you get the if you get the 17 on, which is the 500. Yeah. Or the four or the 460, or yeah. the 420, which is unlikely to find an attractive unit. Tracks and gearbox, although they, for a couple of years they did have that big steering wheel that they set up in them. That is a completely different ballgame to the AS Tronics the one before it. Then again, you've got the new generation. I still haven't worked one. So yeah. I'm trying to work that out now. I might be going out. Well, I will be going out. Archie Johnston's getting some new 510 eight-wheelers with the aggregate bodies on them. And that 520 and an eight-wheeler is an absolute beast. Right. But, um, it's one of those ones whereby it's so, you know, it's over-spec for what it does. But then it, then it's not strange. So it's also pretty economical, mm. which is a good thing. I'm just trying to think. I can't think of where the nearest MAN dealership is to where I am, to be honest. Uh, oh, there's one in Phoenix, though, I believe. Ah, yeah. I'll try th- I was trying to think. I know where one is. I'm thinking about Euro Truck Simulator, though. <laughs> I've, not <even> played, <laughs> I've not even played it for months. I don't even. I would, li- I would like to. The, th- the problem with Euro Truck Simulator now is I've not played it for months. I've only, like, get a couple of days on it when the weather's really crap and winter and things, but. The problem with modern video games is if you leave them, then you've got to do like a 20 gig update. Oh, right. To go and play it again after they've not played it for a while because all this stuff's changed. <laughs> so, yeah, I won't be able to get back or, can I get back onto that anytime soon, eh? So, no. Uh, it's exciting times. Yeah, we're hopefully going to do a DAF special. That's not guaranteed yet. Hopefully, we've got a Volvo one coming up as well. And, yeah, I wanted to do owner-drivers and British trucks as well. But, yeah. um, just there's only so much. We always tend to like organise what's kind of right in front of us and all that. Hey, we never end up shooting a whole load of stuff six, a lot of stuff six months down the line. Sometimes we might do it, but not often. And we've only got so many photographers and so many weekends in the year to go and cram all this stuff in as well. It's not, um, uh, it's not too uh, easy. No, but, um, especially with the weather. There, there's a, yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff getting done at the moment, which I'm really. I'm happy about it. Does make a difference having like you know two editors in the magazine now instead of just one because I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to go out and drive these trucks as I am now because it'd be too much other crap for me to deal with. But mm-hmm. I can do that. Hey, hey. I tell you what else I went. On. I don't know if I mentioned this to the podcast. I went. I had to go. I got caught by these bloody smart motorway variable speed limit cameras. Right. Uh, 70 on the motorway, deserted, midnight, nothing else on the road, and I got flashed because they dropped it to 60. And usually I'm going faster and paying attention, and I was doing 70 on an economy run, trying to get good economy out the car, and I got flashed. So the moral of the story is drive at 85 and pay attention more. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I had to go on a motorway awareness course. It was all men from the ages of about 35 to maybe 60, 
and most of them were either professional drivers or business drivers, and most of them had been caught by variable speed limit cameras late at night on the motorway network in the, south, the sort of Midlands part of England. Yeah. Because that's where it's the most prevalent. Uh, and it was all like, the, yeah, they were, Highways England were giving it the big, if we slow you down and then you get through and then you don't see anything that was wrong, that means our speed reduction worked. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, but don't try and tell me that you don't just randomly switch the limits down and muck about with them, especially on the M42, which they do. I've yeah. seen it go down to like 40 miles an hour and then back up again, and there's nobody there. Yeah, There is nobody on the motorway, and they just piss about with the speed limits and like knock them down unnecessarily. And I didn't know there was actually sensors in the road that will drop the speed limit automatically if the traffic is deemed to be too heavy. Oh, but what immediately, ha- well, what immediately happens, if it's moving pretty well but gets a bit close together, as soon as they drop the speed limit to 60 or 50, the traffic all bunches up. Yeah, They create that bunching of traffic, and then they make it even slower, and it slows everybody else down more. And I'm like, if you didn't do it in the first place, that traffic would have probably went running fine. Yeah. So, yeah, they were giving it the big propaganda sort of push with that. And I was like, well, well, ah. They're not going to turn around and say they're dangerous, are they? Let's be honest. No, they're not, they're not <laughs> no. going to turn around and say that. But no. then again, it's like, yeah, you are doing stupid things with it that you're not admitting to. Yeah. It's like, I don't care. So it's yeah, one of those ones It's like, yeah, I won't be caught out with that again. Now, I got told, yeah, so. I got told that the SMART is an acronym. Now, whether this is true or not, I don't know 100%, but... I was told that SMART stands for Self-Monitoring, Analysis and Reporting Technology. It could well do. It could mean stupid mother effing arsehole. <laughs> you know, they, which is what most people think when they get get like stuck on it. But they get, I mean, they're, they're not building any more smart motorway, uh, although there is numerous projects on the go at the moment. But one of the worst things is the road works with the average speed cameras at 50 as well. Mm-hmm. They're so stressful being stuck in them, you know, if you're in a lorry, you can drive through 100 miles of smart motorway roadworks in one day. Yeah. It's horrible. Uh-huh. So at least once they're done, they're done. And then there, there won't be any more of those massive long stretches of roadworks anymore because they're not going to be allowed to do it. Well, but, potentially, yeah. But then you just get, yeah, you just get the other roadworks that drag on and on and on. Like we've got at the on the A11 just south of Norwich, there's been roadworks for well over a year. They're due to be complete in the summer. Um, but they've recently started digging up the A14 around Woolpit, and that's going to go on until at least next summer. So, which is all, uh, it's all, uh, all, all of it's down on one lane. With you've got, got the 50 mile an hour speed limit, but obviously cars can't mm. maintain 50 miles an hour. So then, of course, you start getting queues day in, day mm. out. It's just. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. I'm never finished with it. I mean, I wouldn't mind when it's a major infrastructure project. You know, if it's something that's clearly going to improve things, like the improvements they did on the M8 Wraith Interchange a few years ago in Scotland, that or like dueling the A9, okay, I'll, you know, I'll put up with that because the end result is going to be a massive improvement and we're already there. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there's no infrastructure projects that are going on in Scotland at the moment. Um, because, you know, there's just no investment in it, even though they're building like loads and loads of houses all around Edinburgh Bypass, we're still not getting an overpass or an underpass at the, pass at the notorious Sheriff Hall roundabout. Yeah. And the Edinburgh City Bypass is unusable in, like, rush times. Like, uh, it, it's it's not clever, it's uh, not all that purpose. sort of stuff. It, it's not fit for purpose, and there needs to be investment in improving all this sort of stuff. But the Scottish government 
isn't interested in doing anything of that because they've been infiltrated by Green Party people, which is like the gardening wing of the SNP, that nobody voted for. They came like fourth and fifth on these stupid lists that you get, and they somehow get into power and they're wielding like massive influence and nobody voted for them, you know. Yeah, but, but it's like you wouldn't. I don't know how you would get somebody in that's going to be sensible with an alternative for anything like that. I mean, it's, it's uh, really, really frustrating because you need to be improving with this infrastructure. Because on the other hand, they're like, we want to increase the population of Scotland like by four million people. I'm like, yeah, well, if you do that, you're sure as hell going to have to build some more roads. Yeah, much the same as the A14, which links Britain's biggest container port with the Midlands. And London to a degree because you've got to get out on the 14 to Ipswich to head down mm. the A12, and it's just two lanes that you know. Even if they just put a hard shoulder down there, which obviously they're not going to do because they can't even have that on the smart motorway. But the amount of problems that are caused with breakdowns mm. and things like that—if they—if they just had yeah. somewhere to get off the road, it makes mm-hmm. make things so much better. But it's like they they made the whole new section through sort of past Cambridge, and it's fantastic. It's three lanes, but there's nowhere to stop. Uh, I know it's not that it's not particularly long, but there's enough room there to easily have like a nice proper rest area and provide yeah. for 30, 40 trucks. But you've got Cambridge services just down the road that cost cost a fortune where you don't get anything for it. Yeah, um, that's it. Why why can't we have rest areas in this country? You know, you get rest areas in other countries. You know, we don't need like much. I don't care if it's got a stainless steel anti-vandalism bog in it. Yeah. You know that you can't break. Yes. Yeah. You know, because, you know, people are like, awful. There's plenty of scope for rest areas. When I was in that Iveco the other week, I wasn't in a truck stop once. I was, like, yeah. parked every night. I mean, it, it wasn't uh, bad. One night I was in, like, the Cairn Gardens. So I was, like, parked by this beautiful river in, like, the absolute middle of nowhere, no traffic. It was lovely. It was great when you're when you're up north like that. Now, the other night, uh, one night, though, I was quite, I was concerned because I was pushing to max a 10 hours. Card out, and I came right down to the end of the A9 um, at Dunblane, and I got into the last lay-by there, which isn't one which is like got a divider from the road, but it is quite set far enough back, yeah. whereby you're not going to be, you know, and because they put these lay-bys on in roads, and they're like right at the side of it, so it's horrible in a truck if you're parked there for the, the night. You're always yeah. looking for one that's set back from the road. And it would not be difficult at all to put so many rest areas or extended lay-bys in places for people to park. Well, yeah. like basic, you know, the most basic amenities in them, and none of that's like sort of ever happening. But another truck stop shut. Was it Mark and Moore? Somebody what? told me Mark and Moore. Was it just the cafe? Is it just the cafe is closed? I got a one sentence email. I'm on. not. I'm not sure. Mark and Moore truck stop closed as tonight, seventeenth of the fifth. Because I'm pretty sure trucks are still parking in there, uh, but it might just be the cafe. I mean, from my, exper- my experience, unfortunately, the calf uh, really wasn't very good. The last time I ate in there, which put me off, mm. that was several years ago, and the showers were sort of all right. I think it's just another one that needed overhauling. Um, mm. But, well, you know, yeah. it's interesting. I noted I was in it, I was in it, Les Mahago truck stop a couple of times, but I, didn't, I, didn't, I was only in for like a 45, and I used the showers. Yeah. Um, which was like three quid, I think. Um, but they've been having problems with um, drivers uh, going for a shite in the shower, basically. There's yeah. been signs up about it saying, do not crap in these showers and everything. It's disgraceful. People will be banned and everything. And apparently, I'd said, 
is this a regular thing? And I spoke to one of the women at the council said, yeah, yeah, we had one at the weekend and all that. There was like diarrhea up the walls and everything. And it's like, who is doing this? What kind of appalling <laughs> animal does that? I mean, just, you know, there's a toilet adjacent to the showers and that as well. And they're like, we're absolutely sick of it. And I'm like, well, because they're like quite short staffed, they can't monitor exactly who's like sort of done done what. But, you know, it wouldn't be that difficult to go and get like, a you know, a list reg number, you know, name, who's been in there and all that, so you know, because the next guy that goes in is going to be like, ah! And then he would come back out and he'd be able to find out who had, like, done it. But it's like, how? How is this even a thing? Um, who does that? Just animals, really. Uh, but the all the, the much-missed Orwell Crossing uh, used to be like mm. that in the showers. You'd have to put your name and registration and they would get washed and cleaned after every single use. So they would know straight away if you were doing that sort of caper. God knows it's like but then I've, I've often seen photographs unfortunately of the toilets at Felixstowe the BP uh, garage mm. when it was open and it was just well just the last time I saw something like that was at the Russian border um, it was just disgusting uh, and unfortunately the minority yeah, like that is the reason insane. why you know a lot of places won't let drivers use toilets or or they just don't get cleaned or they or we just don't have them Oh, bizarre like uh, can it, it's yeah. a case for having more women truck drivers because I'm going to guess that you know women probably don't do that I don't well, know I, I, I don't know but <laughs> I, 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 presume, I would presume not <laughs> It's kind of different. If you're working in like hot conditions and that it, it, as well, you know, it's like if you're not getting like a shower at the end of the day, it's not very nice. I always, I always pack a basin to have like a you know a rather unglamorous sponge bath if I can't yeah. get anywhere in the truck and everything. It's just the difficulty. See when you're doing what I do when I'm only out a week and you've got to like load it up from scratch as well. It's like the car when I'm leaving. It looks like I live in my car. Yeah, because there's that much stuff packed in it. Because I've got all my bedding, I've got you know tools, I've got a suitcase full of clothes, I've got all this washing equipment, I've got a kettle and uh, a gas stove and everything. And I do use pretty much all of it over the course of the week, loading yeah. it out and that. But it's the amount of stuff that you carry in a truck these days is just like not. Yeah, the one thing I'll be interested to know your opinion on when you drive that DAF is how the storage space compares with the older super space cab because they're certainly not as big. Um, but I, what is well, an, an XG? An, an XG is not an as, XG. It's not as big tall wise as a super space. It's bigger back backwards. Because it's got yeah. like the bigger bunk. Yeah. The but, XG. Yeah, the XG. But the lockers um, and whatnot above your head are a lot smaller and things like that. So I'll just be interested to see how how easy it is to stash away all your bits and pieces. You should, yeah, bring, well, you should bring back the old um, cab test. Do you remember them from, from Truck and Driver of years ago? You get the two trucks and you'd have the standard truck driver's kit, you know, sleeping bag, kettle, blah, 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 and, and then they'd, they'd compare how well you that they would all get stowed away in the different trucks. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to go and do that gradually over the course of the year if I can drive enough of them. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I don't remember that, aye. Mm. Yeah. Remember that. Aye, it's um, with the XG. I know, the, well, the X, the thing you find with the XF is it was really starting to show its age, not in terms of like storage, but it was the glass area because it's got a tiny windscreen, tiny windows. Yeah, and you yes. get an XG, it's got this big, deep windscreen, big, deep doors. So it's much easier to um, 
there's much less blind spots in them compared to the old ones. They are still making XFs. Yes. Um, they're obviously, I mean, they'll be making them for a long, for some time to come, maybe not for like British or European markets, but for like markets further afield, like, you know, Far Eastern Europe and, you know, developing countries, they're still going to be using the, the old style um, XF uh, cab for for a while, as far as I can far as I can tell. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. As far as I, they did make more changes to the 530 engine as well. I would um, I would say if they're still building the XF, Nolans of New Ross would probably still buy them because they've got a hell of a fleet of older DAFs, haven't they? I saw a... Yeah, they do. O, o five, I think it's an 05 registered one this week. So, I mean, that's on international work, isn't it? Because it's Irish registered in the UK. Uh, yeah, that's not that's not even a 105 and an 05 plate. That's no, a 95, it's a 95. XF. And I know oh, a manual as well. Oh yeah, and I know I've been sent a few photos. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was last year of Nolans of that sort of era, roughly. Certainly in Spain, and I think even Italy as well. So they're still they're still getting about. And and dear old Ash Redman did ask me the other day if if I knew how many they still had, and uh, I would love to know. Um, just, Anybody know how many old trucks, how many old, old, Nolans old have got? Nolans run, especially on international work, because. They're obviously well maintained to keep going and going and going and go going on distance work like that. They must put a lot of faith into them. Uh, well, I suppose they'll be pre they'll be pre they'll be pre emissions. You know, anything pre Euro five, mm. pretty much is you know relatively straightforward. There, were, there weren't very many Euro fours around because that was um, only around for such a short period of time. But you, yeah, Euro threes is sort of last of the. Um, the the simple trucks, you know. Yeah. It's um although you could get like reduced pollution certificates for those old Cummins M elevens, which would take you down to the ISME, which would take it up to sort of Euro five level. Yeah. Um but obviously they they're kinda of getting few and kinda of far between now. I don't know what the score is with Europe with running like what emission zones you're gonna get hit with and what you can and can't do. It's... I imagine it's gonna be getting more difficult, like it's Germ Germany, Austria are certainly very on it, and they wouldn't. Mm. You wouldn't really be able to run any of them because the moment you come off the motorway, you're going to mm. be paying an absolute fortune. Whereas Spain, as far as I'm aware, still Spain and France, you can you can run the older stuff without too much of an issue. Same as Portugal. Um, mm. I uh, I think there might be a low emission ish zone in Lisbon, but I think I could be wrong mm. as I'm saying them words. So you could still in, in Italy, as far as I'm aware, still because they've still got. They were, no, I mean Italy and Spain's economies aren't and, anywhere and it, near in a position where no, they could no. be starting to do stuff like and stuff you, like that. You still see the odd turbo star knocking about in Italy, still working, and plenty of yeah, Euro yeah, right balls, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm pretty. You you would have to to get to Italy. You'd have to go down through the vent. There's no way you just get laughed mm. at if you turned up at the Blanc in an O four mm. DAF. Um, so you'd have to go round a long way. Um, but you still do it. Still get round. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what the oldest trucks are still working on international but, haulage. Well, again, Matt, Matt Campbell. Right Matt Campbell took mm. his Turbo Star down to Spain, which we did a yeah, fe- there, we there did there a must, there must still be some one four threes doing it, you know. People oh. will never, people will. There's certain people who will never ever give up the one four three until they're forced to. You know. Chat, chat from Spalding. And rightfully uh, so. Yeah, too right. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Moises is that his name? He's got a lovely one four three. It's sort of like an anthracite grey. 
it's from as a left-hand drive. I don't think it's got like any spotlights on it or anything. Just plain and simple with a fridge trailer. And I'm sure he's still doing European and that. And I believe he's got an FH. Oh, is that a two or a three? It's one of the either an FH two or FH three. I think it's. A I can two. never tell. I can never tell the difference easily between <clears> a version two and a version three yeah. unless I can see the registration number on it. Yeah. I know that there's ways that you can easily tell, but I can never remember them. No, I, it, I think it's the front lights are a good yeah. giveaway. Some are something, something to do with the lights. Front lights. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, there are still, and there must be some other one four threes knocking about doing some some international. Carl Skilton. Yeah. Carl Skilton's comes out of retirement occasionally. Um, I don't know if it's rightfully, actually done a, Rightfully well, so. Well. There's yeah. no, no, no reason to be quitting on something just because it's got a bit of age about it, if you can maintain it and keep it running. Well, at the end of the day, like, like we touched on earlier, um, when you know it's carbon heavy when you're building a thing. Well, if it's been about for 30-odd years, it's actually, in my opinion, which is probably wrong, yeah. but it's more environmentally friendly because it's used... It's used less in the long run yeah, because it's, it's it's still about. It, it's not been broken up, and and you've mm-hmm. had to buy another new vehicle to replace it because it's been shipped to Africa and it's carrying on working its life quite merrily, pumping the same emissions into the same atmosphere. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, any other business? Um, just to say, just going back to. Uh, like I said, I've started working for Martin's Driver Train, and I've also started. I'm now registered as a driver CPC instructor, as such. And I gave my first presentation the other week, which went very well, I think. So um, that's good. Some, yeah, something I'm now getting into, and especially now because it's next year will be the roll in five years for everybody who's had it through grandfather. Right? So I think there's going to be a bit of a rush on as usual, where everyone sort of suddenly thinks, ah. I've only got a week to do five mm. days worth of CPC because I haven't bothered to do a day a year and keep on top of it. Mm. So, uh, God, I'm trying to think. I'll, I always do. I always do ADR. Yep, me too. For it because you you get a load of hours for that, and then you get ADR at the end of it. And you get yep. it for your driver CPC. So absolutely. you might as well do it every every time out because you get the qualification. Yes. From it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think when I did that, it was peak pandemic because I did it all. Um, I did it all remotely, and then I had to go in for the exams, and it was yeah hand sanitizer, mask bollocks. Oh dear! Well, if if I engage smug mode for a moment, I've I've already done my my five. So I'm, once it rolls over, I've, mm-hmm. I'm sort of I'm, well, I'm covered basically for for now. So um, right. it, yeah, but it, it's it's certainly been enjoyable, and uh, certainly something I want to build on a bit more. Um, so we'll more strings to your bow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I just need to get a bit more. Sort of training and practice, um, just with some of the other sort of modules that that I can present, really. So, yeah, but it's been good fun. So, uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe I'll see see some somebody from here in a classroom soon in Norwich. Mm. Never know, do you? Um, but other than you that, never yeah, know. Uh, yeah, other than that, uh, got the Greek run coming up again with the dogs. Um, the usual run in July down to Athens. Uh, other than that, it's. Mostly sort of shows and fitting in bits and bobs, I think, for the next sort of few weeks. Nice one. No, yeah. Busy times there for everybody. Cool. Take care. See you again soon. Cheers, Dougie. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk. 
where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month.